Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. We're now joined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. So, Kev, who were you pulling for uh, the other night? Were you pulling for South Carolina or was you pulling for Alabama? Well, I, I can't say either. Uh, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, knowing that Alabama's kind of been under some scrutiny of late, um, you know, because of the situation with Brandon Miller, uh, I thought there may be some distractions for that team. We know Arkansas struggled at South Carolina before pulling out a win, and that game mm-hmm. went to overtime. But I wasn't pulling for either team. I, I think it was more about a, paying attention to, you know, you know what might have, you know, affected Alabama. The player, Brandon Miller, who's had an outstanding season, I mean, he's, you know, likely the player of the year. That's, you know, all that decided. It may not be, but, you know, Wade Taylor at A&M might be in the hunt for that. Uh, but the performance he had certainly doesn't seem like he was distracted too much uh, by that situation. And so I, won't, I don't want to go into all that other than to say I, I was paying attention to it. I wasn't pulling for either team. Um, but I do think, you know, Arkansas being on the road, Alabama returning home, um, I, I don't think either team has a whole lot to surprise the other team as they played already. Um, uh, you know, aside from the fact that Nick Smith Jr., I think we've seen now in the last couple of games, really opens things up for Arkansas. I don't think Alabama's coaching staff is going to be surprised by that. But being, but, but being knowing – you know, knowing that that's the case and being able to watch film and all that, it's quite another thing to have to, once you're actually on the court and having to deal with it, you know, sometimes you can replicate only so much. And, you know, I think so. I think there's a little bit of an advantage for Arkansas there because Arkansas is matched up with what Alabama has and brings to the table once already. Uh, but I, I think Arkansas will be. It'll be a different Arkansas team relative to what Alabama faced the first time. So, you know, as far as Bama's outcome in the midweek game, I think I learned more about Arkansas's outcome against Georgia. Not a very good team, a team that's been really bad on the road. Uh, But it was all about, to me, how much different Arkansas looked. And I think some of that was the fact that Georgia's not very good. Uh, But I think also a lot of it has to do with just how different this Arkansas team plays uh, with a with a Nick Smith Jr. you know getting heavy minutes and being part of the main rotation. Well, Miller's going to play because Nate Oates says Alabama's handled this really really well. Good for you, Nate Oates. Uh, but nonetheless, um, Devo Davis did a really good job on him in the first half at uh, Fayetteville. They're playing at That's Tuscaloosa, right. and and Davis has been amazing against a lot of these top scorers. What can he do to clamp down on Miller and keep him from going off in this game Saturday? Well, you might see Arkansas do some of the same things that worked in that first half. Uh, I think I think what you know sometimes you you have to do it by committee. Uh, depends on how Alabama wants to run offense and get it, get it, get it caught up in a screen game where Arkansas is going to try to they're not they don't want to go under screens they want to go over them and so now you're playing downhill from behind and sometimes Arkansas. Schemes it that way because they don't want to give up a lot of threes. The problem, what hurt Arkansas, they defended Brandon Miller where, but Marcus Sears, the little guard with quickness, 
really hurt Arkansas in both halves. He was consistently mm-hmm. good in both halves. And so you pick your poison. Sometimes Arkansas would prefer to play from behind instead of giving up threes. But some of these guards have just lit, have really given Arkansas problems because of that choice. I mean, you know, Sears was the one guard that did it. Uh, Wade Taylor, whose name I just mentioned for A&M, is another guard who did it. Uh, you know, Baylor had a guard had a guard that had success doing it. OU's guard had success doing it uh, at times. So, I mean, you could look all through the season when Arkansas's made those choices, and some of these teams just have enough good players. We know Bama does. So I don't even know that it's all about Brandon Miller at this point. I think Arkansas's got, you know, got a lot of uh, difficulty dealing with Alabama, and they did a good job with it at home. Back in January, Arkansas was within two points, what I think was about four or five minutes left. And Alabama went on that lightning strike, three threes in less than 50 seconds, and ended up winning by double digits. But, um, you know, the question about Brandon Miller, he's just a really tough guy to contain for 40 minutes. And Arkansas, I don't – not only did they shut him out in the first half of that game, Rick, I don't think he had a shot attempt in that first half. I think you're right, and uh, he still only got a few shots, but he hit two big threes when uh, Arkansas had climbed within two points, and, you know, you can say he was one of the differences in the game. Okay, so we never ask you to explain the NET formula. I, I have figured out a little bit because of what you said last week about if Arkansas lost to A&M, but if A&M moved in the top 30, it would help the Razorbacks. A&M has jumped all the way to number 22. Kentucky has snuck into the top 30. And Arkansas, after being 16, after they beat Georgia, they've moved up to 15. So right. I, I got to think that that's going to help them in the seedings, even though Joe Lenardi's got them as an eight. Oh, they're up to an yeah. eight now. Yeah, they're up to an eight. Yeah, they're up Arkansas to an eight, an eight. today. Yeah. You, you know, these bracketologists, Lenardi's one of the best ones. There's other good ones. They don't get everything right. But they get a lot right, and most of it right. Uh, at, at the end of the day, they're going to get most of it ac- pretty accurate. But that doesn't mean he's got it nailed down. And so you're right. You know, uh, but I think obviously the A&M home win became a quad one win. Um, but can, if Kentucky stays in the top thirty and Arkansas is able to defeat Kentucky a second time at home, that home win would become a would be a quad one win in concert with the road win over Kentucky. That will end up, regardless, being a quad one. On the road, the team just has to be ranked in the top 75 of that. So they're not going to fall that hard. You know, Even if they lost out, they're going to be a top 75 team. So that will hold as a quad one, the road victory. But if Arkansas can beat Kentucky again, that could be another quad one win as long as Kentucky finishes in the top 30 in that. Um, so the, the more that some of these teams have success and continue to win and play well, yes, it strengthens Arkansas's resume. Even though they also lost to A&M, it's more of a quality loss. Creighton went through some rough spots mm-hmm. uh, after Maui because they lost their big man for a while to injury, and they lost a bunch of games. I think they lost six or seven in a row. Got him back. They're playing. You know, they're ranked again. Their net's really high. So the better that some of these opponents play, the, the more it helps Arkansas. That's why I said even if you beat South Carolina, just based on the or excuse me Georgia in that midweek game. Just based on the merits of that win alone, because Georgia would have been a, was a quad three result, you weren't going to move much and improve much just based on beating them. But if the teams that are also impact your net continue to win and do better and move up, you could actually still move up some spots, which we saw happen for Arkansas. You know, they rose; they were I think 19th going in against Georgia. Now they're 15th, but but they didn't move four spots 
just by virtue of beating Georgia, if that makes sense. It was, so it is. It's yeah. understanding that's understanding that you're connected to the teams on your schedule who you've played in their success and failures. Oops. Randy might have disappeared again. He's he's down there at uh, Saracen right now. I'm sorry I had to cough. Oh. I, oh, I didn't figure you wanted to. Okay. Right. You didn't want to hear me cough over the airways. Kevin, <laughs> that, that almost doesn't sound, though, to be a system that is really – what am I trying – how am I trying to say this? Okay, A&M, because they've, they've won, based upon the team that Arkansas beat earlier at home – may not be the same team they are now, and that could be better or for worse. So if, if A&M had slipped, on the other hand, then that would have would that have counted against Arkansas, even though Arkansas would have won the game? Do you get where I'm coming right. from? Right. So, because, so, I mean, yeah, just, some of these results Arkansas that be... they're getting rewarded for happened over a month ago. Well, a ton can change in a month's time. Right. So when Arkansas beat OU, OU was a top 50 net team. And if you win a neutral side game against a top 50 net, it's a quad one. OU has lost a ton of games in the Big 12, and they've slipped. They're outside. And so that not only moved down to a quad two, but but as OU continues to struggle, Arkansas doesn't get any benefit from that win because there's added stuff that continues to happen with OU that's not positive. And so, yeah. Yeah. Timing doesn't always matter with net. What matters is where is everybody sitting at the end of the season when net, when the final net comes out and you start adding up the, the, the levels of quad stuff, the strength of schedule, strength of record, some of these other things will play into it. All right. Hang on, Kevin. we got to take a break. All right. Hey, it's Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoopscoop, courtesy of hogville.net. All right, let's check in again with Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoopscoop, courtesy of hogville.net. Kevin, I realize we are now in the stretch phase, if you will. Does the SEC tournament, does that count? That doesn't, that doesn't go towards your regular season, all SEC first or second team, uh, or any of the postseason awards, does it? I mean, this is strictly, those awards are based strictly on what? Regular season? Is that true? That's correct. Regular season, in fact. You, that Monday and Tuesday before the SEC tournament begins on Wednesday with those bottom four seeds playing those first Wednesday games, we'll, we'll know who the who the all-league performers and all those things will be announced prior to the SEC tournament. That's gotcha. at least how it's been. Now, if they change that, they change it, but that's how it's okay. always been. Uh, well, I guess I was, yes, I was leading up. I guess, Kevin, what I was leading up to – that 41-point performance the other night by Brandon Miller, if that didn't give him the league MVP honors, I mean, that was – you're talking about a clutch performance. That was a clutch performance. And um, I'm not sure who else at this point would you consider as player of the yeah. year honors, Kevin, in the SEC. Right. Well, I mentioned it before we went to commercial. You know, I brought up Wade Taylor's name. I think he's the best right. player for Texas A&M. And he's a very good player. He's one of the best guards in the league. 
Uh, and A&M's a game behind Alabama, and they're going to play. I believe they play in College Station to close out the regular season. And so if A&M can win that game, and, they, and, and right now they're only a game behind and they finish in a tie record-wise, and A&M's got the number one seed, and it wins the SEC, if you want to look at it that way, by virtue of having the head-to-head. And so, um, you know, that's that's something that you could, could maybe say – a Wade Taylor should be maybe potentially, but even having said that, I think it's Brandon Miller. I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think that's going to. That's not. There's not going to be an upset for that. I thought he was the the leader for that. Uh, overall, Alabama's had a better season than A and M anyway, and you know I think that that performance helped solidify that. My understanding is, I mean, I you know I was kind of tracking. It. I wasn't watching it, um, but he had I think. And I've seen some highlights of it, but I believe he hit the game, the game time basket to go to overtime. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And then he hit the game winner as well. Correct. Uh, the second left. So, you know, I mean, and, and then he had the 41. So if you thought he deserved it before that game, that only probably solidifies that opinion for anyone that was, you know, that's been following this stuff. So, yeah, I, I think he's probably going to get it. But I do think there's an outside chance for uh, maybe a Wade Taylor to um, – to, to, to you know, maybe be a potential for that, uh, but I, 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 you know, I, I do think it's going to end up being Brandon Miller. Do you see any first team members at this point for Arkansas? Yes, you know, um, the, the the coaches team, um, the, the league part of it, the the AP will have its version. And I think it's the coach's version that has eight players, you know, typically eight players on it. And mm-hmm. I think Anthony Black. I think it's Anthony Black. Now, uh, I'll be surprised if he – he'll be no worse than a second-team player, but I'll be surprised if he's not a first-teamer. I think he's been that good, so I think Arkansas gets Anthony Black. Um, you know, and I think uh, the all-defensive team, we know that not last year Jalen Williams was both first-team all-SEC and all-defensive team. And I, I could I could see the potential for Devo Davis to be named to the All Defensive Team. I'm not saying that it's, he's a lock for it, but I think he'll. Not, if I had to say who else might be uh, All League, I'm going to say Devo is potentially All Defensive Team, and Ricky Council the fourth is potential, in my opinion, for a second team acknowledgement. Had they played more minutes leading up? to this particular point, it would be interesting to see where the Mitchell twins, if they could I, I don't know that they would make all defensive team uh, not both of them certainly, but uh, uh, man, what a difference since they, sometimes it takes an injury to bring out maybe that opportunity to show what they really can do, but you just think about it Kevin, Rick, once Brazil went down the minutes went up for the Mitchell Twins, and um, I mean they have been playing. It looks like to me better and better yep. each and every game. That's right. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Makai's has been the starter for the more so than his than his brother, and, and, and he's remained in the starting lineup, whereas Mikel is not lately. And Makai's probably been a little bit has been the better offensive player. I think uh-huh. defensively, I think Mikel's actually been even a little better than than Makai defensively. Uh, you know, when the when you're comparing role, you know, increased role for him. Um, 
you know, so they're, these guys have been quality players for Arkansas. They've been good role players, um, and they don't just do one thing. They're, they, they, they're, they help you defensively. Uh, they've been volume rebounders. They're opportunistic scores off pick and roll and, and playing two-man game. They'll get assists. They'll make some good passes because they're not trying to force. I, I notice that they don't try to do more than what's in their in their skill set. They, they, don't, they don't overdo things. They make mistakes. All players do. But I don't think they make mistakes by trying to do more than they can. I think they know what they're, you know, and you'll see them take a, a mid-range shot here and there because I think Mulsman's encouraged them to do that because it's, they're being left open. And they've knocked a couple down lately. Uh, but you, you rarely see them get out of their wheelhouse trying to do something that they can't do. And I think that's part of what makes them effective uh, because, you know, you want people to not only understand their role but then buy into it and go out and execute as though they get it. And so I think those guys have been have been good for us. Like you said, Trevor Brazil, we talk about Jalen Graham now. There was a guy that was second-team All-Pac-12 last year, and we are wondering, is there ever going to be back-to-back games? Rick brings it up all the time. And back-to-back <laughs> games, this is the most we've seen from Jalen Graham and Arkansas won both. And yeah. right now with him and Ricky Council coming off the bench, I, I, I can't remember since most one's been here, two guys having the kind of impact they've had sort of as an inside-out duo coming off the bench. Uh, for Arkansas uh, in recent years. I mean, it, 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 it's only two games, but, man, they've been a big part of why Arkansas looked so good. And you could almost throw in Mikel, for that matter, as being another weapon off of the yeah. off the bench for Arkansas because Mikel's been starting, but Mikel seems to come in and, and – gives you critical minutes as well so should be interesting all right uh, real quick kevin before we go arkansas is an eight and a half point dog how do you see tomorrow real quick yeah that's that's off a little bit i i, I think arkansas has got a great shot to come out of there with a one possession score win so anywhere from one to three points i think arkansas has got a great shot to hang in there and pull one of those out you got it buddy all right have a great weekend kevin